Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Right. Welcome back to the Glee Man's Apprentice. I am, of course, your Glee Man, Twitch Avery. And I'm his apprentice, Mandy Cat. And today we are covering chapters 48 and 49. Yes. Another mini episode, if you will. Yeah. We're going to do a couple of these over the next couple of weeks. But uh, before we do that... How was your week, Mandy Caps? Oh, well, Chris came down with COVID, therefore I came down with COVID. Um, actually, I sound the worst today, which I actually think today I have a cold. So just for everyone to know, I had next to no symptoms. I just had like a scratchy throat. Um, that was about it. Well, And I'm... Chris got everything. So uh... I was like, Moderna for the win. He had Pfizer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, All right. He still, he still can't taste or smell, and I never <sighs> lost that. And like I said, now I'm like, I actually think it moved on to a normal seasonal cold. But staying home for another week was the decision I made. So here we are. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so pardon my nasal voice. Well, that's a bummer. I uh, I hope that everybody in your household gets well soon. And it's... I mean, it sounds like for people who've been uh, vaccinated, it's not nearly as bad and doesn't last nearly as long and it's not nearly as contagious. I mean, I know there's still stuff out about the Delta virus that we or the Delta variant that we don't know too much about. But yeah. And Chris, I I actually really, you know, he always takes illness harder than me. Yeah. Um, But he we both agreed it probably would have been worse for him without his vaccine. Both of us figured. Yeah. He's he's the one more likely to be very ill. Yeah. I am grateful for having my sense of taste and smell. I hear it's kind of miserable to be without. So that would be horrible. I've thought about that. (laughs) Of course. I don't, I don't know anybody who hasn't thought about that, but that would be. Too much. Yeah, yeah, that would I draw be. Draw the line. That I would can't taste my food. I'm gonna get all the calories for it. What the heck? 
that would be a loss. Um, but yeah. luckily, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you haven't lost that and that you're, you're, yeah. you're not feeling too bad. So yeah, life's fine. How are you? Uh, good, good. Nothing overly exciting happened. I had a bit of a disturbing experience on a Saturday night at work and I'll just quickly, uh, touch on it. There was a elderly lady. We were, we were very busy and there was an elderly lady who came in and she was by herself and, and she was in my section and, uh, you know, I, I took her order. I got her, her wine, her salad. She was very sweet. She, she told me I was an excellent waiter. I went to, uh, drop off her bill and she ordered, uh, another glass of wine and, and dessert. And then, uh, when I went over to give her a new bill, uh, she grabbed my arm and was like, where am I? Oh, no. And I was like, uh, you are bar 209 and, um, you just had, you just had a meal and, and, and she was like, I don't, I don't, I don't have money to pay. I mean, and it was just, it was just a really weird, weird and upsetting. I, I, I spent about 10 to 15 minutes with her. Um, luckily my manager kind of saw what was going on. So, cause, cause my section was being filled up cause I had just emptied my section and, uh, um, so he started like taking my orders for me and taking care of my customers customers for me. And, and, uh, finally I got him to come over. Um, cause I just, I didn't know what to do. Eventually we got her, like I said, you are bar 209 in Bemidji, Minnesota. And then she was like, well, I, okay. I live in Bemidji. I know I live in Bemidji and but it's just, I experienced, oh, I've, I've experienced a little bit of that with, uh, with grandparents and great-grandparents throughout my life um and and it, and and most of that was at a very impressionable age um like my great-grandma started losing her mind when i was about 12 um and and she was like 95 so you know but uh but uh then my grandpa and i've experienced it a little bit with dylan's grandparents but um it shook me it shook me because I just, I, I, and, and it still shakes me because like, could have I done more? Could have I, you know, should I have called the cops and just let them be aware? Because she ended up like kind of snapping out of it and being pretty cognitive and leaving. And, 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 uh, I'm assuming she drove home. Um, but it's still, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it shook me. It was, and, and also I didn't want to like, overstep any boundaries you, you know what i mean like right um yeah that, that's gotta leave you a little like uh, so icky for yeah that better word. like what did you know what should i have done or whatever but. no i i uh i kind of struggled a little bit after that um throughout the rest of the shift because i just couldn't shake you know that feeling that, right. that it gave me just that that feeling of like worry and you right. know, looming dread <laughs> but anyways um the uh chapters that we're covering today are not really depressing or foreboding at all they're actually no, they're kind of a they're, blah they're just kind they? of they're just kind of filler chapters right they're, they are so i these chapters i believe are meant a little bit more uh 
their world building and their character yes. building. And, and Yeah. And they're and really... Not that I would have caught all that the first read through. Yeah. But I would say this time around, I'm sensing more. Not again. Not that my memory is perfect of this book. Um, there's a couple things I'm still looking out for them. Like I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this, but maybe not. Uh, but I do feel these chapters now. I'm sensing ah, there's more of this to come. There's more of this to come. Yep. So. Yep. No, he's it's right now. He's still uh, with the first three books. He he built like the the. The basement and the and the ground structure, right? He's still laying yeah. the foundation right now, though. He's still, you know what I mean? Like, he's still building us up. It's it's it's, and it's kind of you know something that continues for a while. So, so I mean, they're fun. There's there's a lot of fun back and forth, you know, banter between the characters. Um. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump into your cat notes. Uh, chapter forty eight: An offer refused. Yeah. And so um, I just had this reflection when I read, even now, you know, I'm reading a book for a podcast. I still don't pay much attention to chapter titles, never have. But when I read the chapter and have to go back to type down everything, type down the name of the chapter, this time I was like, oh, an offer refused. So we'll get there, folks. But um, as far as foreboding, I had none initially. So we're still in Rand, or we're back in Rand perspective, correct? Um, yep. But it's just the days after the Trolloc attack. So it's still the same group of days that we left him in, except obviously he survived and they're still traveling with the Jindo Ayil. The Shido are still parallel. Yep. Peddlers are still with them. So it's just setting it up kind of a lot of intro to all this. Avienda's still babysitting Rand. Um, he's noting she's becoming more like a wise one getting a little bit snappy at him with certain things um yeah it's a lot of boring lectures from avienda and all i got out of it was okay the aiel are more of a matriarchy than a patriarchy especially with marriage um and she she has a lot of teasing at rand but it must be emphasized for her reason right maybe it's what we're supposed to know i don't know well okay first of all she's 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 supposed to be teaching him about aiel customs Number one, she is not a teacher. She hasn't been trained to be a teacher. She doesn't no. know how to be a teacher. <laughs> she knows how to be a warrior. She knows how to kill shit. She knows how to defend. She knows how to scout. She, you know what I mean? It's like she's putting a soldier into a room with kindergarten. Exactly, right? like, a kindergarten cop, right? With Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, so she's really bad at teaching. She gets frustrated at him that he is not learning anything, but she's not teaching him anything. And when he yeah. asks her direct questions, she's like, even fucking kindergartners, getting back to that, know the answer to that. And he's like, but I don't because you haven't told me. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So it, it, it does have Avienda at one point calling our lovely friend Isandra, the lovely lady of the peddlers, calling Isandra soft. Yeah. Yeah, and basically saying Rand quit motherfucking looking at her. This and all this is allegiance to Elaine, right? Yeah, she says. Which I, I do find annoying because I'm like, <clears throat> hey, Min knows there's at least two other women for Ram, Min included. So we know there's Min, Elaine, and then one other woman, right? Avianda so doesn't know that though. Avianda does not know no. Min. She does no. not know, and of course Rand hasn't shared that with anybody. So, um, well, Min hasn't shared that with anyone. Right. Um, well, she shared it with Rand, right? No, 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 
But I swear she shared it with somebody. I don't think so. I think it's all been in her head. I think she shared it with Perrin at the beginning of the Great oh, Hunt Paradox. after Rand had left. Yeah. I think that's when it happened. Okay. Because I swear she shared that with somebody. And I think she told Elaine that Elaine was destined to share uh, Rand. But she didn't self-identify. She didn't self-identify. Right? And she, yeah. yeah. She just told okay. she just told her that you will fall in love with him and you will have to share him with two other women. Yeah. So. So, so anyways, just but back but to the I uh, I, I just want to read this real fast because it's hilarious. Aviana says, "Soft, Elaine is not soft. You belong to Elaine. You should not be caressing eyes with this milk-skinned wench." Our way shock oh her. Gosh. She cannot accept. Them. Why should I care if she can? I want no part of this. I cannot. Be it, it cannot be. If I could, I would take you, Guy Shine, and give you to Elaine. So that's a lot of creepy shit that she should have said right there. It's, it's Avienda. She's really upset. <laughs> that's, and I guess now that we're talking about, like, ah, this is why she's emphasizing the matriarchy of the threefold land because she's trying to be like, Elaine's just gonna choose you, and you gotta deal with it, Rand. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. So anyway, uh. Things keeps moving along. At one point, Rand just remembers it's it's like impossible to convince Avienda to ride on his horse with him, um, or without him. Either way, because she really doesn't want to give up Aiel ways at all. Um, she, on the other hand, is refusing certain Aiel ways, including their practical clothing. Right? Yeah, he he has embraced the the white shufa. It does provide some shade for him and some coolness. But no, he doesn't. He he doesn't feel right about it. He doesn't want to. Uh, he feels like in doing that, he would be. I don't know if appropriating would be the correct word. He feels fake. Yeah, he sure. feels he so feels probably, fake. He probably is. He, he is recognizing it's misappropriation without yeah. that word perhaps being coined. He but he, but he would he yeah he feels like um, it would be a mockery. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, so, so, but I did think that was important. Like Rand is still separating parts of himself too. Um, even though it's actually really uncomfortable and he'd love to wear, is it called in sore? What is their outfit called? The, the, yeah, the cat and sore. So, but he sees Isandra still riding with Kadir. We still see Kyle with the Gleeman, not who, uh, Gleeman and, uh, Kyle have a lot of arguments. Um, they're constantly arguing. Every time he looks over, yeah. they're constantly arguing. Sometimes yeah. looking at him, but constantly arguing. So, so just more setup of just you know things are still pretty much where we left off, except they're still moving towards uh, Alcar die. <laughs> okay, so Rand changes subject to roof mistresses, as apparently Ayala law is that men do not own roofs in the same way they cannot own land. And apparently, over the last eleven days and nights, this is where we realize. The wise ones want Yavienda specifically to teach Ram their customs. Yeah. Which made me think, oh, so they're shaping he who comes with the dawn in the same way Moraine shapes the dragon reborn, right? Exactly. And um, there, there's a section, if you wanted to read it, I just think it's sweet because I have favorite men, but Rand has a moment of thinking about men. Yep. 
Min was just about the only woman he had ever met who had not tangled his wits into a ball. But she was off in the tower, safe there at least, and that was one place he meant to avoid. Sometimes he thought life would be simpler if he could just forget women altogether. Now Avianda had started creeping into his dreams, as if men and Elaine were not, were not bad enough. Women tied his emotions in knots, and he had to be clear-headed now. Clear-headed and cold. So, I have a couple comments. First of all, haha, men is safe <laughs> in the tower. Haha, <laughs> not that Rand knows. Second of all... Uh, the end is in his dreams. Ah, snap. Yeah, she's she be the third woman. Okay. I think we have a winner. Avienda. I... Because it makes sense. Because, well, we'll find out more about Ayo customs, but they get to share wives, like sister wives or whatever, right? Yeah. We learned that from our friends, the other maidens um, earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay. Yes. Okay. That's, that's interesting. It, 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 it seems all consensual it's oh for sure no there's nothing wrong with it yeah. it's just i think it's because elaine when she i'm trying to rack my brain but when men told elaine you got to share him you know elaine's like i don't share and now it's like well hot damn avienda has been sticking up for you this whole time yeah it actually would be practical that you'll see that something could happen let's put it that way well and and, and plus and i'm just going to throw this out to you um, and, and, uh, like other people in the community have talked about this, but doesn't it kind of seem like Avianda might have a thing for Elaine? I mean, she's constantly talking uh, about like how hot she is and, and the shape of her bosoms and. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does. I've been assuming that's just their culture and that she <laughs> wants Elaine to win Rand so bad. She'll do anything for Rand to like get hot and horny, but yeah, it definitely comes across as. I mean, she could have her own crush. Yeah, me yeah. me as a horrible individual likes to think about like all three of them being able to have like a fun sexual time together if they wanted to, you know? I mean why king shame? Why experimentation is the way to go. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I can't speak for all of them. It is an individual thing. Actually Rand would I bet you Rand would be the one to be like, uh <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, Ram would Ram would be the Ram would be the most <laughs> uncomfortable. Rant. Like, did you ever did you ever see the Seinfeld episode where uh, he wanted to break up with his girlfriend? So no. he told because his girlfriend's roommate was more attractive, and uh, oh. so him and George came up with this whole plan to uh, tell his girlfriend that he wanted to have a threesome with okay. her roommate and uh and she would be upset and she would slap him but the roommate would be intrigued and then he could just swoop in and start dating the roommate so when he so he actually he did it and he tells uh his girlfriend that he wants to have a threesome and she's into it and she approached the roommate and the roommate's into it and so george is like okay so you're gonna do it and he's like no I'm not, I'm not an orgy guy. Orgy guys have beards. Orgy guys, I can't do that. I'm not... <laughs> Anyways, Gosh, it's, so funny. I'm not a big I'm Seinfeld. Really into it until it happens. Yeah, I'm not a big Seinfeld fan, but that episode was funny. So that is funny. Anyways, okay. anyways, I respect that. That's that's what that whole thing reminds me of. Okay, so they're still in this big stretch. It's like 
this is this whole section is just like the 11 days since the trollic attack so as the traveling stretches on avienda starts pointing out fauna dangerous plants hidden springs there's actually hidden tanks for water as well and even specific plants that could seep just enough water for a single person or two to survive um that's interesting yeah okay important those i feel are important lessons actually yep. like i said a lot of world building right now he's kind of he's he's giving yeah. us he's giving us the idea of what life in the waste is like yeah and we learned there's lions because some killed two of the shido one night yeah um and there's poisonous big old lizards that perfectly match the earth yeah avienda mocks people who are stupid enough to step on them the gara yeah <laughs> yeah yep. there's also they also talked about a snake called a two-step Ooh, do you remember that take two steps and you're already dead yep yeah. yep it bit it bit one of the one of the merchants or one of the peddlers one night and before moraine could get off her horse he took two steps and he fell over dead so if you don't move does the venom stay where it needs to be that is an excellent question I don't think so, but I <laughs> no, but I love it. Like, like if you didn't move, can you only die? Like, if you take two steps, <laughs> well, Moraine would have reached you. But... <laughs> That's okay. I love it. Probably not. Yeah, Moraine is still checking in on Rand, trying to bully him into revealing his future plans as Dragon Reborn, right? But he apparently doesn't get the right response. She gives her age-old adage, you know, the real bees, that's the real bees. Yep. Um, uh, you can read more of that, actually. Well, she basically says, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, but a fool can strangle himself in the pattern. Have a care, you do not weave a noose for your neck. She had acquired a pale cloak, almost sky-shy and white, that shimmered in the sun, and beneath the wide hood she wore a damp, snowy scarf folded around her forehead. I make no nooses for my neck. And then, of course, Avianda has to go, It is stupid to anger an ice and die. I did not think you were a stupid man. Well, that's a little bit of flirting, wasn't it? Uh, I, do, I do love uh, Rand's response, though. He said, we will just have to see whether I am or not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He just takes it in stride, yeah. like yeah, baby. Well, and I um, mean, he knows that, like he's he's setting dangerous plans. Like we don't know what they are, but he no. he knows that, like he's he's trying to set th certain things in mo motion, and he doesn't know if they're going to succeed or be successful, or if they are stupid. And as well. I haven't been counting, but other people have discouraged this as well, right? I'm sure Loyal has. And maybe some people have said it to Perrin or whatever, but I swear Rand has gotten this advice before. Like, don't piss off. I said oh, I. yes, yes, yes. And, so, and yes, Perrin, Perrin got it several times. And because remember in the Dragon Reborn, they they were the two that were traveling with uh, uh, Lan and Moraine. Oh, that's right. And, um, and then he picked up Fael. And so everything the parent was doing was pissing off an Aes Sedai. Right. And so Loyal was constantly like, don't piss off an Aes Sedai, man. That's right. So anyways. Okay. okay. Um, then we get Rand's observation of the queen, who's been with the wise ones all the time. Um, on the 10th day, she looks meekish in a rather naive way of attempting it. But then joyful <laughs> as she takes out her braids, leaving Rand really confused. 
confused enough to even ask Avienda, like, what's going on with this lean? And Avienda starts to say, well, she's grown. And then she just stops and she's like, no, you stay out of wise one's business. So all Rand can think about is, what's grown? A queen's hair? It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you'll grow less standoffish with Rand, but it's still just Lamb doing sorting lessons and Ruark doing staffing lessons who really interact with him. We get a lot. Uh, there's a section about Kadir approaching Rand throughout the day. is hinting, I have some information to sell. Um, and you might want to read more of this as well. So basically, he says, My Lord Dragon, I have been thinking of what you said yesterday. What you said about knowledge being valuable, paving the way to greatness. It is true. You said that, not I. Well, <laughs> perhaps I did, but it is true, is it not, my Lord Dragon? Yet, there can be danger in knowledge. In giving more than receiving, a man who sells knowledge must have not only his price, but safeguards, assurances, and sureties against repercussions. Would you not agree? Do you have knowledge you want to sell, Kadir? And basically, um, they're a little distracted, right? Um, and then Rand shoots back after his observations of Kadir noticing, um, both women, right? Asendre and, uh, Kylie. And, uh, and he says, that woman may be the death of me yet. So anyways, then Rand says, I don't know that I want to buy, buy knowledge. There's always the question of price, isn't there? Some prices I may not want to pay. And I love Brand's answer to him. It's, it's just so, in a way, it's a bit arrogant, but Kadir deserves it. Like, Rand is not interested in buying your damn information. Rand does not trust the peddlers, especially especially the four that he always mentions, right? The yeah. Kadir, Kylie, Sandra, yeah. and, and the Glee Man, um, Jason and Tail. So, so he's very... He's very blunt with them. He's very short. Yep. Yep. And and next it does go on to Gleeman Natal has also had several attempts, except it's to hear Rand's emotional experience yes. as Dragon Reborns for Nat's supposed epic tale. I have thought a good deal about you. You should have a grand epic to tell you. Tell your tale, the dragon reborn, he who comes with the dawn, man of who knows how many prophecies in this age and others. How do you feel about your prophesied destiny? I must know if I am to compose this epic. How do I feel? I feel tired. Uh, it's like what Perrin told the lads of the two rivers. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, you know, you mentioned, like, Rand doesn't really trust the peddlers, but I picked up on that, too, and I'm like, if Rand doesn't trust them, I don't trust them. I don't know what's going on, but they do seem rather fishy, they, right? It's yep. always two and two, right? Kyle seems a little protective. She almost seems the one in charge, actually. Yes, yes, she does. Um, but then Kadir's just fishy, and then also, somewhere I noted this, but, like, uh... Kadir really doesn't, maybe it's elsewhere, maybe something else happens again, but he doesn't like Kail listening in on him. So it's almost like, wait, is he selling information about her? IDK. Yeah. We won't know because Rand said I'm not buying any. But. Nope. Yeah, we don't know. 
Yeah, so Natel at one point is just also suggesting to Rand, well, you know, everyone either wants to kill you or use you for power and glory. <laughs> and we have another opportunity to see Rand call him out, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, Natel, which one are you? Yep, yep. And and he's just like, I am a simple glee man. I would not take your place for all the world. Not with the fate that accompanies it. Death or madness or both. His blood on the rocks of Shail Gol. That is what the Carathian cycle, the prophecies of the dragon says. Is it not that you must die to save fools who will heave a sigh of relief at your death? No. I would not accept that for all your power and more. Now I wanted to ask you a really quick question. Yeah. You have met a total of two gleemen. Tom and Natal. Do you feel like they are similar? Uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to go back to first reading perspective, but I, I feel confident saying they have painted Natal as different than Tom, but we also know Tom was originally a bard. Yeah. So, yes, court bard. And he, he, Tom has been painted as like, He's above being a glee man, basically. We know he's got the intelligence, the game of houses and whatnot whatnot. He's quite arrogant because he knows that like he is he's chosen his place in the world. Yeah. Um you know, even though he knows that it is, it is beneath him. And so in a sense, it's almost like, well, is any glee man gonna compare to Tom? But how Robert Jordan called out Natel in uh, several chapters ago for not having a harp right on him yeah. was very fishy. That yeah. was fishy. Yeah. And then this aspect. Yeah. I feel like this is something. Th I, I, and the whole reason why I brought it up right now is that I personally feel like this is this is something that Tom like Tom would say something like that. You know what I mean? Like. Tom would. Oh, the answer. Yeah, I the answer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That would be a Tom answer. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, Staying and out of it. They both. They both seem to have like a certain type of arrogance, you know, in their profession. Yes. Yes, I agree. Even uh, though really all they are is like a poor traveling uh, musician, right? Yeah. Except this could be a spoiler. This could maybe even be a don't put it in this episode, but like. I swear there is something off of Natel that I'm not remembering and I'm waiting for it. I'm like, is he one of the people that was Lamphere in disguise, something like that? Um, I'm waiting for the reveal because this whole time I keep picturing him. And at some point I'll say this for the episode, but um, from one of the Care Bear movies. Yes, we were into Care Bears as kids. Yeah, of course. There we was were. there was the magician that was actually a really rotten magician, rotten hearted and everything. And that's all I can picture. When I think of Natal, I'm thinking of that evil magician. So I'm just like, what was it about him that I'm not trusting? One thing that I hate about uh, fantasy view readers and viewers, they always talk about the evil bad guy twirling his mustache i was like why can't the good guys have twirlable mustaches you know Hercule <laughs> uh, Poirot in, uh, exactly murder on the orient express yeah um now i'm literally looking up evil magician from care bears so i can text it to you okay um but anyways anyway that i just want you to know that is also why i'm just I mean, anything about natella i don't like because i'm like no there's something wrong with him and i can't remember what it is 
Well, Egwene and Moraine actually interrupt Natel's begging for Rand's personal information um, to check on Rand, which I think was a very clear quit bothering our boy. Um, so Natel finally does quit badgering him. Yeah. Of course, Moraine takes the opportunity to say, ah, the future chafes you, Rand. And he responds, and the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, satisfying her enough. But then he thinks again to himself, eh, except for these things that are not going to satisfy you, Moraine. So his plan, we don't know his plans at all. But we nope. know more and more. It's going to be interesting. Yep. Uh, Natel comes the next night to beg the same, more emotional responses from Rand, which Rand does again. And it really does frustrate the Glee man. And this is where Rand notes, he is odd, but so is Tom. There you go. Yep. Yep. Uh, eventually, the peddlers just start entertaining only the Shido. Jindo don't like it, but hey, there's more Shido to be peddling with, right? Exactly. Or is, is it, it a setup? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's fishy, know. like you said. I don't know. Something okay. smells fishy. <laughs> Rand notes, Avienda starts spending nights with the wise ones, or always does, I suppose, but also sometimes an hour walking with them. And at one point, she's in the middle of a group of them, and a fireball jumps out out of nowhere from that group, frightening all the horses. But readers can immediately guess, oh, she's being taught the one power. Yeah. Rand just is observing squabbling, and Amy's appears to be telling Aguina Moraine to stay out of it. So I'm guessing Amy's not happy about it. Well, I mean, but why, why, why do you think? And we find out later um, in, in the following chapters, but... Like, why do you think that Amy's and Moraine are squabbling right now? Uh, Moraine probably wants to bring her to the tower, would yes. be my guess. I can train her. No. <laughs> yep. Very much so. Um, and I, and the I, wise ones don't want to have, they, oh, no. they don't want, they do not want to send their Chandlers to the White Tower. Because the White Tower like has different plans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they they want they want to hold these very valuable, very respected, very powerful women to take care of their own, right? So, anyways. Yeah, it's a bit too close to like uh, Indian boarding schools and Aboriginal yeah. stuff that went on in Australia. Yeah, not. Ugh. There is an icky feel. Oh, I wanted to note this because I swear I remember it. Rand stares in the in the uh, I guess ground a blackened gorge arrow that is very straight. Not a real arrow, but it's arrow straight line ahead for half a mile. So it's just a scorched land, but it's straight. Yep. And I'm like, didn't we see that during his Iridian Terangrail travels? Uh, come up where we see it. Uh, the scorched land, I believe, was in book two, the Great Hunt. Oh, in oh. In, in the portal world. The portal world. Yes. Okay. I mean, you you but were on the what, you were on the I right track. I was gonna say, I remember something about that scorched, blackened. Yep. And, and they don't even comment on it. Yeah. No. But as, as he's staring at it, that's when he realizes, wait a minute, Avienda oh, just used the real, the you know, the true power. And he has his own urge to reach for it himself when it happened. That's how he connects it. He's like, yep. why did I feel that way? And then he starts laughing a bit crazy as he realizes the importance of learning to use it, which I'm guessing that has to be 
part of his future plans. He has to learn how to use it because he's going to use it. Well, I, well, one thing, like, he, he automatically, as soon as the fire bill came to existence, he uh, automatically reached for the source and he couldn't grab it. Yeah. Like, he couldn't grasp the, the power. And that's, like, so, and then he starts reflecting, I've got to find somebody to teach me. Oh, man. Do you think it's going to be a Forsaken? I, you know. That's what Lanfear said. He has to learn somewhere. And everyone else is dead. I mean, isn't it the, the kind of a classic trope, though, to have to learn from your enemy? Yeah. That's yeah. like Batman, right? Uh, the uh, it, Christian Bale version of Batman when he has to go what? learn his. I can't even remember what it's called. Well, but. yes, yes, that's that's. Uh, but but that's he's he's learning from. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but he's played by it's Liam Neeson. What? I want to say Kylo. Ren, yeah, no, it's, it's right, yeah, but it's, yeah. It's but but he's played in the movie. He's played by uh, Liam Neeson. It's Razul Ghul, I think, or something Razul like that. Ghul. Yeah, it's Liam Neeson, and that's what yep. I could picture of this whole time. And I'm like, but he doesn't know it's Liam Neeson. He doesn't know. So that's the thing. No, so if, if Rand was to choose to learn from a Forsaken, he would be going into it knowing. And I that's and true. I and and I'm I'm going to stress this so much. Harry Potter was written long after these books were written, but it's kind of when Snape takes over uh, training Harry Potter. Uh, right. uh, you know, to 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 control his mind in book five, right? To to control yeah. his the so his his yeah. so, so his thoughts. So it's a similar thing. Like he has to embrace his enemy if that's what happens. I'm just I'm just saying. I I don't know if that's gonna happen. So yeah, you okay. you 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 continue. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> um, they're still traveling. This is all still in Rand's mind. He's just wishing Matt would keep him company, but he doesn't get any. Matt seems to pretend nothing strange happened in Ruidian, denied any knowledge of the old tongue, and just goes about gambling with peddlers, talking with Kadir and Natal, and pursuing Asandra. Yep. So same old Matt. Yep. Kyle, oh, this is great. Kyle catches their flirtations one afternoon. Yeah. Matt and Asandra. Do you it, want to read any of that? It's beautiful. It, it, it's intense. It, it's gross. I don't know if I'd call it beautiful. Is that well, what you? It's a fun. It, it's a classy Matt moment. I well, think I think Matt's classy in it. Is what I'm saying is beautiful. Yes. So do you want me to start with uh, what Kylie says, or before yeah. that? Okay. All right. Is that what you want, good sir? Her. A bargain for you, Matram Coffin. A Tarvalin mark, and she is yours. A chit like that cannot be worth more than two, so it is a clear bargain. Matt grimaced, looking as though he wished he were anywhere else but there. Lysandre, however, turned slowly to face Kylie, a mountain cat facing a bear. You go too far, old woman. I will put up with your tongue no longer. Have a care, or perhaps you would like to remain here in the waste. That's the beautiful moment, actually, is Asandra's response. Yeah. But Matt didn't take her up, and I do think that's beautiful, too. I mean, he was embarrassed, kind of shamed, but he could have. I mean, there's probably plenty of uh, creepers in uh, Wheel of Time that would do that. 
Yeah. I mean, do you think that if he would have uh, accepted Kylie's offer, she, uh, I mean, Sandra stood up to Kylie right there. Do you, do you think? Yeah. No, Sandra wouldn't have allowed it. Yeah. But, but, um, but you're, no, no, no. You're right. Matt. But he didn't even entertain he it. He didn't even you know, entertain the idea. Suing a Sandra Lovett, yeah. right? And well, Sandra even goes as far as to tell Kyle, like, oh, and we'll leave you with the gold Harvillon mark yourself, but good luck drinking water from it. <laughs> well, and, and that was a threat. I did, I did want to just uh, say really fast we do get that Matt is a player, right? Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's very lucky, but he's a, he's a pretty successful player. Like, he. He gets a, he has fun, um. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't need to pay for it. It's just like you know it's like no, but but that's not the point. You're right. He's he's a stand up guy. He's like no fucking way would I do this. And he wouldn't. I mean, I, yeah. I do think Matt would not. He wouldn't pay for sex. Um. Yes, he is a player, but he would never like someone being sold. I should say, literally sold by their pimp. No, I don't. No, Kyle isn't even her pimp, but still, yeah, wrong. yeah, no, um, no. And that's why I say you're right. It, it's beautiful the way he reacts, and it's cool to see Asendre stick up for herself. It's really gross, the whole you know discussion of it. Like Kylie even bringing that up, it's like, Ew. yeah, she's gross, but I think the other two are beautiful. Okay, okay, more descriptions of landscapes. Butts and spires. I like to say butt instead of butte. I always have. Um, <laughs> it actually, it's funny because it took reading this section, but it reminds me of Torres Alpine in Chile, except that's not a desert. Um, and if you ever look it up, you will probably think of the waste, but it's okay. really beautiful. What's it called? Uh, Torres Alpine. So it, it's it, just it, towers. Okay. It's in, it's um, in, but it is. It's spires. It's it's in Patagonia, so it's it's so far south. It's cold, okay. actually. Okay. Um, but it's it's uh that's exactly what this is reminding me of. I'm like, oh, cold, harsh land. Okay. Nice. Uh, but finally, the twelfth day, and Ruark announces we have arrived to Cold Rock's hold. Not that there's much difference. <laughs> but um, okay, we are at the end of the chapter, right here. And then this is where I had to be like, okay, so what was the offer refused? Because initially, I was like, well, it was Rand not giving in to Kadir Natel. But now it's like, oh, yeah, but Kyle called out Matt for not accepting her offer of Ascendra, even though it's like a twisted joke. Um, but I would still say it's the Rand scenario. He refused to give information. He refused to even to buy information or give information, really. Uh, so I am a big fan of movies such as uh uh like Quentin Tarantino movies which I don't I don't think you are a big fan of but no I but really. they they he he structures his movies no, they don't always flow chronologically right. and many of his movies I don't think all of them but many of his movies he kind of has like a chapter title title for each scene um yeah. and that's kind of how this chapter seemed to me like there was an offer refused yeah. from Kadir. There was an offer refused from Natal, and Matt refused an offer from uh, uh, Kylie. So it, it kind of seems like they could all be chaptered an offer refused, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. a theme. It's, it's a thematic 
Well, Lorraine was refused too. Yes. <laughs> it, well, it, yeah, but I don't think hers was an offer. I think hers was more That's of a true. demand. Um, <laughs> oh, Lorraine. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah. So that, uh, that gets us to the end of chapter 48. Going right yeah. into 49, Cold Rock's Hold. Let's do it. So... It just continues right on. The group is about a mile away from more tall butts with a gap between. As they approach, the Aiel folks start making noise. They remove their shufas completely. And basically, it's custom to demonstrate they mean no harm. Yes. At this point, Rand insists Avian to ride with him. So I can hear you. And she's really rough and gruff, worried to look like a fool. But he comments, hey, but I've seen Amy Bear ride behind Aguina and Moraine sometimes. And Avienda answers, you accept changes more easily than I, yep. Randall Thor. That's an interesting comment. So maybe that's not typical for wise ones to ride horses. Or or was this just a general comment of like, Rand, how do you adapt so quickly? <laughs> like, But what? No, I, I think this. Uh, she's saying you're accepting that things are changing more than I am. And what's happening is things aren't changing. I mean, yes, everything's changing for Rand. He's in the fucking ideal waste. But while in the ideal waste, nothing's changing for him. He agreed to wear the shofa, but he's not changing his clothes. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not changing the way he's going about things. The wise ones yeah. are. The wise ones, you know, yeah, they, they have, are, they're, they're adapting. Yeah. And so I think that when she says, uh, I am not, it was, I am not as accustomed to change as you are. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, she says you accept change more yeah. easily. I, I think that's what she's saying. You accept the fact that my world is changing more easily than I am accepting the fact yeah. that my world is changing. Which of course we know, well, it's easier because he's an outsider, but. Exactly. But also, let's just say the poor kid was forced to change the night Trollocs attacked his village, right? Or well, it's his home, first of all. He yeah. didn't even have a choice. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, okay. Matt joins Avienda and Rand up front, and he's commenting the towering rock could be a stronghold itself, but it's not as impressive as the stone or tore ahead. Not that he can describe how he knows Torah head. Right. Your guesses. Right. Oh, it's those dreams of past battles He's in like, the Netherin. God damn it. <laughs> they walk through the shade of the fissure and they enter. And immediately Rand's just like, hey, there's some greenery in here. And chickens. This is like a city. Which I don't really have cities. So this is as close to a city as it gets. Um. And in the distance, he sees a gap in the bottom of the rocks leading to full shade that never sees the light of day. Thus, the rocks do not come hot in the name for cold rocks hold. So it's like it's like a giant boulder on a it's angled, right? That's essentially what this shadowy thing is. Yeah. 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 Or or, or like a narrow canyon. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's yeah. yeah, I've uh, growing up in Utah, I spent a lot of time in southern Utah and and. I've always thought of like some areas in the Isle Waste very similar to some areas in southern Utah. Um, oh yeah, like, I believe it. Like uh, you could definitely find some sort of fissure and 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 like hidden yeah. like cave cave like structure 
in uh, in a lot of southern uh, southern Utah, northern Arizona. Um, and southern Utah is known for poisonous lizards. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. All Creepy that. snakes, uh, poisonous can, plants. Yeah, yeah. You can wear brownish clothing, and no one will see you until you jump out and kill them. I, I I do need sounds like Utah. It's amazing <laughs> though. It's beautiful. I I I love Southern Utah. It's, it's I would not want to live in Southern Utah, but it's one of the greatest places to visit. Cool. Um, I did want to do a quick uh, correction for our listeners. Uh, okay. It's I I think your um your autocorrect got the better of you in your notes. It's Torah Harad, not Torah oh. Head. No, I think I read Torah Head because it reminded me of Tolman Head. To oh, be totally honest. Okay. I read too fast. I mean, it's it, it is totally yeah. fine. It's totally fine. I just, I just, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we clarify when we make just mistakes. Just in case we see it again. <laughs> just in case, you never know. I'll just remember the word Torah either way, but now I know. Torah, okay. Torah, Torah. Anyways. That one. Brark <laughs> uh, and Heron lead the way. But all are greeted by a handsome older woman who we learn is Leanne of L I A N. Yep. And did you want to read the customary welcome? Yes. Or any parts of it? Do you want to highlight for well, everyone? So we've always already talked about how um, everybody's running through, but Matt refuses to, not Matt, Rand refuses to. Uh, like shout because he, he notices that Ruark and, and yeah. all of them aren't. And then they approach and the wavering high pitched cries dwindled away to nothing as Ruark halted before the boulder, a step closer than Heron and Culloden. I ask leave, enter your hold, roof mistress, he announced in a loud carrying tone. You have my leave, clan chief, the yellow haired woman replied formally, and just as loudly, smiling, she added in a warmer voice, Shade of my heart, you will always have my lead. My leave. Um, then Heron steps forward. Roof mistress, I ask leave to come beneath your roof. You have my leave, Heron. Beneath my roof, there is water and shade for you. The Jindo Sept is always welcome here. I give thanks, Roof Mistress. And then, uh, swaggering, Kuladin joins Ruark. I ask leave to enter your hold, Roof Mistress. Leanne blinked, frowning at him. A murmur rose behind Rand and an astonished buzz from hundreds of throats. A sudden feel of danger hung in the air. What's the matter? Rand asked quietly over his shoulder. Why doesn't she say something? He has asked as if he were a clan chief. That man is a fool. He must be mad. If she refuses him, it will mean trouble with the Shido, and she may for such an insult. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, of course, Aviana goes on to banter. You did not listen, did you? You did not listen. She could have refused permission even to Ruark, and he would have had to leave. It would have broken the clan, but it was in, within her power. She can refuse even he who comes with the dawn, Randall Thor. Women are not powerless among us, not like your wetlander women who must be queens or nobles or else dance for a man if they wish to eat. 
<laughs> and then Rand's just reflecting. Yeah, you haven't met the women's circle, have you? <laughs> yep. No, I mean he's he's he straight up says someday I would like to introduce you to the women's circle in Emmons Field. It will be interesting to hear you explain to them how powerless they are. And I do want to comment. If did you highlight that Avia clarified Leanne's greeting to Kuladin was a beggar's welcome? This is Leanne's response. You have my leave. Leanne began, Kulidin smiled, swelling up where he stood. To step beneath my roof, water and shade will be found for you. Soft gasps from hundreds of mouths made a quiet made quite a loud sound. So what that means is and Avianda explains in a whisper as a, as one friendless and alone, she has welcomed him as a beggar. The gravest insult to him and none to the Shido. Yeah. I like that. I picture Kuladin right now as the what's his name from the Incredibles? The the, the little villain guy that wanted to be Mr. Incredible when he was a kid. Was his name Buddy? I just picture him with that flame hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be someone big and powerful, but I have to use like crappy stuff because I'm not actually big or powerful. It's so funny. That's what I see it in. It, it, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, Lincoln was actually watching that earlier today. Um, and I haven't watched, I haven't seen that movie in probably 12 years. But. Yeah, well, watch the end. There's something about Buddy. No, 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 no. no. I, I, name, but, oh my gosh. It's cool it in. <laughs> what do you mean this isn't gonna work <laughs> right oh my gosh so he's gonna create these metal robots that are gonna attack the Aiel apparently because <laughs> that is what buddy does okay so you're the same prediction okay no, whoa, whoa, so you're you're actually predicting that there's going to be metal robots i'm kidding so there could be just based <laughs> on the Tarangrail. we don't know they had like they had airplanes i'm just saying Okay. Why not? Okay. And now, yeah. So yeah, okay. okay. Kuladin just got rejected. Yes. Um, Avienda was freaking out because she realizes Rand might be rejected. Yeah, so but she... But it is Rand's turn. Exactly. So, uh... Okay, so so Avienda tells Rand, Move, Whitlander. You, ha you hold such honor as I have left in your hands. All will know I have taught you. Move, Rand... Uh, goes up, swinging a leg over, he slid from Jaden's back and strode up beside Ruark. I am not Aiel, he thought. I do not understand them, and I cannot let myself come to like them too much. I cannot. None of the other men had done so, but he bowed to Leanne. That was how he had been brought up. Roof, mistress, I ask leave to come beneath your roof. He heard Avienda's breath catch. He had been supposed to say the other thing, what Ruark had said. The clan chief's eyes narrowed worriedly, watching his wife and Culloden's flushed face twisted in a scornful smile. The roof mistress started Rand even harder than she had at Culloden, taking him in from head to boots and back again, the shufa lying on the shoulders of a red coat that would surely never be worn by an Aiel. She looked questioningly at Amis, who nodded. <clears throat> Such modesty, 
is becoming in a man. Men seldom know where to find it. The Karakarn has leave to enter my hold, for the chief of chiefs there's ever water and shade at cold rocks. Uh, uh, uh. In other words, fuck you, Kuladin. <laughs> exactly. In other and, words, Kuladin is infuriated. He like stalks off, bumping shoulders with Avienda, and Matt's just like, ooh. Rand, you better watch your back around that one. It's like, oh, Rand's gotten that warning before. Right, so it, it, as if we didn't already know that, right? It's like, sure. Now you're catching yeah, up. I'm going to predict a good fight between Kuladin and Rand eventually, but Kuladin's going to lose. Yeah? Obviously. You think so? He's lost everything up to this point, so yeah. Just to... Oh, well, we'll put that in the prediction box. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so moving forward, Rand just observes Ruark walking arms around each Leanne and Amy's. And, Rand, and Ruark is like, oh, you know my wife Amy's. Here's my other wife, Leanne. And this is just a jaw dropper for Rand. Matt's muttering gibberish and surprise as well. And then Ruark's like, well, I thought Avienda was teaching you guys about I.O. ways. <laughs> and then Avienda's like, there were more important things for him to know. And he doesn't listen anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Rand's trying to claim, no, Amanda's a good teacher. Any mistakes are mine. Uh, let's let me keep her as teacher. Um, thinking to himself, I want to know who you guys have spying on me. Exactly. Amy's agrees, but Avienda really isn't happy, and Rand realizes that her role maybe was supposed to be over upon arrival to Cold Rock's hold. So, oops, too late now. Yeah, kind of looks that way, um, doesn't it? Leanne invites Rand and Matt in for food. Rand then gets to observe the inside of her roof, which I assume this is like a house or a dugout or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming like within the stone houses that are just kind of built like on uh, on the side of a cliff. Yeah. Um. And uh, and and I'm assuming there's a lot of caves in this area, so they're yeah. able to like really expand on the caves as well pretty cool it's, it's somewhere i really want to go visit that sounds like a great place it does um and rand's just observing the inside of course there's more decor all sorts of color and all sorts of goods likely plundered from the various parts of the world you know them getting their tenth after they uh defeat people yep. rand is happy to produce a golden lion figure as his welcome present because that's custom and Matt even gives a silvery little necklace, but it was probably intended for Yasendra. <laughs> uh, Moraine tries to provide a gift, but Leanne's in absolute awe of the Aes Sedai presence, recalling the stories that feel failed Aes Sedai once, so you being here brings us hope. And Moraine just has this hint, well, maybe more will come, and Amy does not like that, and so that kind of hints back to the Moraine's ready to start training any ideal women of the power, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's almost like a threat, right? She's basically like, so, yeah, now that I know that a bunch of you can channel, yeah, we're going to come looking. We're going to come getting you. And I, I understand them wanting to unite the cultures. Yeah. Um, and I also understand the Aeels 
um, hesitancy because they will try to control their lives, right? They will they will try and make, you know, change their laws, change, you know what I mean? Change their customs. Um, once again, going back to the word misappropriation, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, but new customs. So the ideal eat on the floor on pillows, lying down by each other. This confuses Rand. But he's distracted enough with good food that he's never tried before. And there are cultures who did that, right? I mean, I I know biblically speaking, they said that's how it was done back in the day. Like people would lay down to eat. It's yeah. Probably better for digestion. Yeah. 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 And they, they still do that in some cultures, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. And, uh, and I haven't tried it. So I'd the... still. <laughs> uh, well, I've been to. Right now. I'm at the point, I'm not sure I could get up. My belly, like, it is literally, like, I'm noticing something's wrong. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to, like, get out of, off the couch and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need a different tactic for standing up these days. I mean, what the hell? You're carrying another person inside of you. It's, 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 in the center <laughs> of my belly. <laughs> do, you know what, uh, do you know what Lincoln's nickname was for the first six months of his uh, no. uh, existence in Dylan's belly? I don't know if I should say it. it's actually kind of horrible the more I think about it, but we used to call him sperm face. Uh, <laughs> so I'd be like, how's funny. little sperm face today? <laughs> that's funny. Oh, good grief. Okay, so it's new culture. More lessons. Rand's trying to understand the whole sister-wife situation of Amy and Leanne, how they're both married to Rourke, but all of them appear in love. It really does seem to be a cohesive unit. Yes. He brief. Briefly, he thinks about how men and Elaine would never be like that. Then he's like, wow, my brains must be cooked if I had that thought at all. Right. I'm just like, no, brah. That is severe <laughs> pulling on you. Um, Avanda, of course, is next to Rand teaching him more lessons, but he's getting annoyed to the extent he's like, I'm going to buy her a gift as a bribe to make her shut the fuck up. Yep. Um, he does communicate with her that he does not know what he has done to offend her. And she can choose to quit teaching, but she just insists, no, I'll be teaching you. So, yeah. yeah. Um, She's yes. the third woman from men's viewing. Just saying. He, he says, I do not know what I've done to you. But if you hate being my teacher so much, you do not have to be. It just popped out. I'm sure Ruark or the Wise Ones will find someone else. Uh, the Wise Ones would certainly, if he rid himself of this spy. Uh, they all have their after-dinner smokes. And then, this is where it gets more interesting, Ruark is giving a report yes. of just how quickly the news is spreading of the arrival of he who comes with the dawn. And, and he clarifies who's being quick to support Rand as well. So so if you wanted to read that chunk. Some have taken news of you to heart, Randolph Orr, and quickly it seems. Leanne tells me word has come that Jaren, who is clan chief of the Sharad Aiel, and Bale of the Goshin, have already reached Al-Kherdal. Aram of the Charin is on his way. I think that's all... Yeah, I mean, we get a few, a little so, more context for a bit. Yeah, so it's going to be another month before all the clan chiefs arrive, and you know, it would be really bad form, Rand, if you leave without them. Yeah. All car die. So let's follow tradition, even though Rand is just like, 
I don't like writing. And readers are still going, what are your upcoming plans, bra? Yep. So, so yes, he says, so the Goshen and the Sherrod. He muttered in his wine. They have a few, don't they? I know you said something like the piece of Rudian holds at Alcardal, Ruark, but I saw how far that piece held Kuladin and the Shido. Maybe I had better go right away. If the Goshen and the Shariot start fighting, a thing like that could spread. I want all the Aeol behind me, Ruark. The Goshen are not Shido. Nor are the Sharad. Bear's reedy voice was thinner than that of the younger women, but no less defiant. Definite. Jesus Christ. Jeron and Bail may try to kill one another before they return to their holes, but not Alcare Dahl. So anyways. Yeah, and, and Rand does ask point blank, well, how many are going to resist? And it seems like just a few might resist. And But more interesting information, like Rurik mentions there's no way to imitate the dragons of Ruidian referring to Rand's new tattoos. Um, which Moraine suddenly is interested in. Like, yep. Okay. See, so, and that might be important. I don't know if there's ever a doppelganger Rand. The real one will have both tattoos. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so so more, and maybe you said some of this, but uh, Ruark could just keep saying, I support you. So does Bruan, Dirk of the Rain Aiel, but that brat Savannah, Soledric's wife, will have to come in his place for the Shido, and she's young, impulsive, and she likes to cause trouble. Yep. And if she doesn't, cool it and will. Yes. So basically saying you're going to have shit from the Shido, it's a pretty big plan, too. And then there's a, we don't know what's going to happen, Han of Tominel could go either way. So there you go. There are people who are just not going to be for a Dragon Reborn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be some resistance. And it finishes Ruark just saying again, hey, why don't you wear some cotton sword clothing? Rand saying, I don't want to act like a pretend Aiel. And he shows his dragon tats on his wrist as proof of who he is. And show them what, Ruark? A pretend Aiel? As well-dressed Matt for Aiel. I will not pretend. I am what I am. They must take me as I am. These, Rand raises his fists, coastly's falling enough to uncover the golden-maned heads on the backs of his wrists. These prove me. If they aren't enough, then nothing is. I, I do agree with what Rand's saying. He's just going to look like a wannabe if he dressed it up too much. Yeah. I, I can see what he's saying. It's like, no, I'm not going to fake anything beyond who I really am and what's practical. It's practical, I have the shufa because I might have to fight, but I don't need to do your clothes when I'm clearly not one of you. I um, I can completely respect his desire to not insult them or make a mockery of them right so so no i i, I get where he's coming from and then moraine's taking in all this information and then she hones in on one detail what do you mean lead the spears to war once more i don't even know where that was said she just brings it up and then rand just is like not gonna answer he's mad uh, how shrewd Moraine's memory is, and it ends with him rising up and just saying, I'm going for a walk and leaving. Yep. I assume lead the spears to war once more. Is that something with the dragon reborn, right? Um, I really can't remember where they said it. 
You know, they, they, it's, it's in it's in the prophecies. It's in, uh, okay. I believe it's in both the Corathian prophecies and uh, probably the IEO prophecies. But it's definitely in the Corathian prophecies where they talk about how he will yeah. lead. And no one knew what that meant until he went to the waste. Until he met, until the, you know, until people understood that the IEO were the people of the dragon. Yeah. And of course, All when right. I say people, I mean more rain, right? So apparently the Aiel are going to help with war or something. Okay. Yeah. But so so a lot of information in both those chapters. Um, there was. There actually was. I've always kind of thought of them as, as very just skimmable uh, chapters, but there's a lot of information. We get a lot of, like I said, a lot of world building, a lot of character depth. Um, yes. But yeah. yeah, it like wasn't fantastic adventures, but upon reread, like I said, it was like, ooh, I have a feeling there's important things to be learning. There, there, there are some things. Um, yes, and then RJ, as you read, you will understand that RJ was like the master of foreshadowing. Yeah. And so, so I you can assume you. that a lot of what we just I'm read. Trying to catch him. Yeah. I'm also trying to not let because I know I've read this book before, so there are certain details where I'm just like, ah, I think that comes up later, so I don't want to mention it now because I'm I'm spoiled because I do know yes. for this book anyway. But okay, FMKs, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you have yours ready. Yeah, I do. I do. I've been on top of it. Sue, I actually said fuck will be a Sendra because of the way she stood up for herself and Matt. Okay. I was like, I like that. I like that. I mean, I've also been feeling very feisty lately. Probably blame that I've been sick. Um, <laughs> but I, I just liked it a lot. Um, Mary Avienda, there was a similar reason. She was also getting a little sassy and just she, ha she keeps sticking it out with Rand, I guess. I think I had a better reason than that, but it just feels like... Um, as much as she frustrates me, she is sticking with it. Um, I wish I could remember which scene it was where I was just like, oh, yeah, Avienda's doing cool. She did. Um, she's – I'm wondering if you're uh, not thinking about the next chapter. I think I was, but let me, let okay. me think if I – I'm not sure I could come up with another Mary for this chapter. Okay. <laughs> so I might have been – tainted by the next read that'll be funny if it comes up again next week uh mary let's see if i can get a better one because i don't feel you're right i don't feel it was this chapter where she no. did something fantastic no, no. um um so uh, so i uh, so can can we do something different sure i'll go ahead and do my fuck mary kills and then you do your fuck mary i didn't kills. do my kill oh got it okay go ahead um so i I'm going to. I'm going to fuck Rand. Oh, okay. I think that he, we're getting a lot of growth from him right now, and he even, like, he's 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 taking on a lot of shit, and he's owning it, and he's. He's, he he might not be doing it the greatest way. He's a little aggressive, but he's using his name dropping, right? He's name dropping himself left and right. Um, but 
he's learning as he goes and i think he's doing a pretty good job at it so so i'm gonna go ahead and fuck uh rand i'm going okay. to marry leanne okay because i appreciate that she was basically like just go fuck yourself culloden um that's true and then there's a lot to kill. I'm gonna kill Kylie because yes. that was like pimpy, gross shit that she was pulling off there. So yeah. um, I I support that. All right. She's... Okay, I did figure out my fuck Mary Kill. So fuck it, Cassandra because I loved how she stood up to Kyle. And she was standing up for Matt in a way. I thought it was kind of a duo thing. I mean, she was clearly mad for her own dignity, but in a way it was just like, quit screwing with us. Yeah. Mary is actually Amos. That's who I wanted to marry because I've been feeling very feisty. And that's what part of why I was like, I picked a Sandra because I'm like, I've been feisty, just yeah. sick and stayed home. I think Amos just, there's no messing with her. And, and, you know, we see a queen having to be meek in order to get her braids out. And then Avienda is bossed around by her, too. Yeah. Repeatedly. So there's just something special right now in my heart for Amos. I, I will never. Uh, there, there might be a chapter in the future where I, I won't agree with you on a fucker or a marry for Amos. But for the most part. I will always fuck her, marry Amos. She's, I mean, she's pretty cool. So, so I married Leanne. You married uh, uh, Amos. Amos. I'm pretty sure we've both either married or fucked Ruark oh, at one point. Both probably. So, so I'm kind of thinking that this is a power trio. Yeah, they've got something going, something special that only happens once in a era or whatever they call the age. Age. Yeah. The wheel. No, this is. They this, have it. This is a power trio. Uh, and then I am going to kill Natel. Okay. It's just annoying. Yeah. I didn't highlight this, but Rand even had this feeling of he just wants to write a tale of tragedy, not heroism. And it's just ugh, icky. Go away. He's a Nasty. tragic artist. Nasty, he's, fake, glee man. He's he's David Bowie. He's. Uh, uh, I like David Bowie, though. But but David Bowie was a tragic artist. Was he? Ah! Uh, Labyrinth? Has my heart forever. His 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 music was tragic. There's uh, uh Jeff no. Buckley. Jeff Buckley, tragic artist. That's tragic. Yes. Uh, but he's at least see you're naming people I think have talent. Not to hell, I'm not sure I've seen any talent yet. Like I feel like the only talent he has is like acting like me, man, but not. I mean anyway. he's been he, they haven't described his shows like they described uh Tom's, but but, but he has had shows. They, they, right. they, he's been he's been performing. I'm assuming okay. that he's a talented Lena. Okay. Interesting. I, I I'm he's dead to me though. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Kill him. That's awesome. All right. And I think uh with That's that we wrap up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everyone be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.